Hello and welcome to the podcast from Artists for Artists, the podcast where we talk about what art is, why it is important, and how you contribute to society by being an artist and bringing creative work into this world. I'm Ula, your host, and today I'm honored to be introducing a guest from Malaysia, Ashley, who is a violin player, a piano player, and a dancer. We're talking about these three different styles of art. We are talking about how Ashley integrates them into her everyday life. And I find it very interesting because I'm meeting more and more artists that don't just pursue one stream of art only, but are actually venturing out into different streams of art. And I find it interesting to just see how artists deal with that and how they combine their different streams of art to make something unique or how they complement each other. In this interview, we also talked about social dancing. And just if you have never social danced before, I just want to explain real quick to you, based on my experience, what it is, so that you have a better understanding when listening to this interview. Social dancing is a form of dance where you are dancing usually with a partner or in groups at events or just at evenings in a club, in a, in a bar. And the types of dances that we're talking about here are salsa and bachata. They're both Latin American dances and they're both danced either with a partner or without one. And if you're interested to find out more about these dances, you're going to find a whole lot of videos on YouTube, as well as you'll find lots of salsa music and bachata music, both of which are unique in their own way. And personally, I find them very beautiful. Ashley is not just a performer. She is also a teacher. And what I find really interesting is her perception of teaching and how she inspires her students to become better and to find passion for the art form. Now, if you'd like to find out more about Ashley, you can find her and her partner's Instagram account. That's Sean E. Ashley. That's S-H-A-U-N-Y-A-S-H-L-E-Y. You're also going to find a link to that in the show notes. I would definitely suggest to uh, check them out. They're amazing dancers and really great teachers. And here it is, the interview. From artists Hello, Ashley. It's so nice for you to be here. How are you today? Hi, Ola. Thanks for getting me on this podcast. I'm feeling good today. How about you? I'm really good. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to hearing a little bit more about you, Ashley, because um, I just think that whenever I see you dance bachata with Sean or in, in, in social dancing, which I really miss right now, you're... <laughs> Such a beautiful dancer, and your charisma is like all over the dance floor, and I love Thank that you. about you. Thank so, you. But I also heard that you are a musician, right? So you did you play the piano, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Could you let us know a little bit about how your story as an artist started? Yeah, I, um, I have a background in classical piano and violin. It all started because my mom is my piano teacher. <laughs> Very simple. <laughs> so, oh, wow. yeah, the whole family is musically inclined. My sister is also a piano and violin teacher. My mom teaches piano only. And my dad used to be a radio DJ back in the day. Wow, cool. And then you studied, what did you study exactly? Oh, yeah, I studied 
classical performance in violin and moved to New Zealand for that. So that's in Wellington, New Zealand for about five years. Then I um, moved to Auckland and worked a little bit with the orchestra there. It was a lot of fun. Nice, nice. And how did you get into dancing? Did you start a dance when you were young as well or did that come afterwards? That came a lot afterwards. Actually, I stumbled upon salsa because I had a breakup and then suddenly you have all this time um, not knowing what to do. But I never regretted it since because it's one way that I could invest in myself and continue growing and I really love dancing. Nice, nice. And what do you do now? You, you were in an orchestra before, you studied music and what about now? Right now, I'm teaching piano and violin in a music school, as well as privately. And I'm also teaching dance with my partner, Sean, at Talent Hub. Oh, cool. You teach bachata, right? Yep, bachata. So what made you go from salsa to bachata? I was doing salsa for a few years. Um, then I realized how nice bachata is, like, in a sensual way and interpreting the um, musicality and the flow that I really enjoyed watching. So I was hoping that I could learn to move like that. And from there, I had done some competitions together with my previous um, dance partners in Singapore. I competed like twice. And um, from there, I learned so much about like techniques and uh, movement. And I hope to do that for, I hope to teach that to my students in class, of course. Nice. And how do you find that dance, bachata, salsa, but also music, how do you find that those impact you as a person in daily life? I think I am quite sensitive when it comes to music or sound in general. So I think I learn how to appreciate good sounds or what I think or perceive as good sounds. So I think my music choices are pretty unique and interesting. I like all spectrums of music. And um, for when it comes to dance, I think it varies and it can't be like a very monotonous kind of dance music. So I think in back, going back to your question, how does it affect me in like everyday life? I mean, it's something that is on my mind most of the day. Like thinking about music, thinking about dance or anything related to both of those things. Yeah, it just reminds me of some research I did that oh. art is actually so ingrained in us that it, it's something that makes us inherently be inherently human. That's so amazing. Yeah, I, I, I can totally see that in you because you basically eat, breathe and live art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when I'm like winding down, I'm usually painting or sketching something too, so... It is art. I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm terrible at math, but I really hate economics and like I didn't enjoy accounting very much. <laughs> wow. Okay. We're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so nice that you do a lot of different styles of art. Do you feel like doing different styles of art actually helps you in getting better in all of them? Do you feel like painting and drawing, dancing and playing the violin or, or the piano, do they help each other grow? Like as, if you were to plant all of them in the garden, would they support each other's growth? Or do you feel like they sometimes kind of overgrow each other and stop the growth of one of them? I think it's a yes and no question because when it comes to uh, how I interpret music, when it, when it comes to like dancing, I owe it to my musical background. 
right? Like knowing how to listen for what, what exactly I'm listening to, or what I'm playing with, uh, the beat or whatever I, when I am dancing. So that kind of goes hand in hand. But at the same time, it's like um, how much time you put into what that kind of affects the growth of each one. So, of course, if I'm going to put more time in my dancing, I won't have as much time practicing my piano and violin, but that's still okay. So, it comes in seasons, I would say. Yeah. I I also ask that because I'm the kind of person that I, I mean, I am a dancer, but I don't dance every day as in that's the only thing I do. I just love so mm-hmm. many different forms of art. And I feel like I gain strength from doing different things. But then there's this part in me sometimes that feels, oh, God, if you're doing too many different types of art or if you do, if you spread ah. yourself too thin, then uh, you won't succeed in any of them. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, like a jack of all trades kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's understandable. But I feel like my art is sort of helping each other more than making me like, oh, I'm spreading myself too thin. But the thought is definitely always there. But as long as I think you're enjoying what you're doing and you're confident in it and you keep learning, can keep growing, I think that's what's most important. Yeah, true. Makes sense. So if if we were to have someone listening to this right now who does a lot of of different things in life and it doesn't only have to be art maybe one of those Mm. things is art but they like to do different things what would you suggest based on your experience that what they do helps each other just like what you do rather than actually stopping the growth of each of the aspects I guess it depends on the thing that they do or um, how they feel about it I suggest having goals properly writing down or like um, envisioning goals that you want to achieve. So that kind of falls into what category of hobby or thing that you are doing. So for me, before this MCO happened, the goal was to go for dance competitions with my partner, Sean. There was Japan and there was South Korea that we planned for. But right now, it's not really happening. But because we planned for that, so dance has taken the spotlight of our, you know, like our priority on the priority scale. Mm -hmm. So basically, it just also boils down to knowing what do you want right now? And I love what you said just now that it comes in seasons. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Cool. Okay, so let's kind of move more into, I would like to move more into the social dance part because I... I feel like having been in quarantine for, what is it now, eight eight weeks almost? Yeah, I think it's eight weeks. Let me check. Oh my <laughs> gosh, you're right. It's like, no, we are into our ninth week. Officially. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And and even so, that, uh, dance socials were canceled way before we started quarantining. And I just feel like this big part of me is not being satisfied because I can't dance with people. And online dancing is just not the same thing. What do you feel is the importance and impact of social dance in people's lives or also in your life? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been like ages, right? And I've actually been trying to like distance myself before the quarantine even happened. So it is such a long time. I think social dancing is really helpful in like um, during times, like personally, during times when I felt like sad 
or had a really long week or a bad day and if I would just go for for socials um, even if I didn't feel like dancing the music would just carry me away it sets definitely sets the atmosphere and like I said even if I wasn't dancing I would be actually smiling watching people dance so that in itself like makes me really happy yeah it's such a beautiful sight to be to see people dance why, why do you think that is I don't know maybe because they enjoy themselves so much and you just get the really fun vibe coming out from that and of course the music music's really important yeah yeah true I'm just trying to reflect as well why is it so nice to see people dance and I think uh, from my perspective, it's also when someone dances, it's like you're revealing a part of yourself, a part of your soul that is so pure that you don't mm. necessarily show to someone who you don't know very well yet. But in social dancing, you still have that courage to do so, right? In a way. That's true. It's like in a way you don't really know that person, but you kind of not have that barrier and you just allow yourself to kind of enjoy dancing to the music yeah when someone comes to ask to dance with you or you ask to dance with them what has been like or or when is it a really good experience for you so what is like the defining factor or that what are the defining factors that make a social dance distinctive for you oh wow i love this question great question i think the connection and the f level of fun that is in the dance itself not sure if I'm explaining it correctly, but one of my experiences, actually not too long ago, someone asked me to dance and I don't know this person at all. And the person just asked me to dance and I said, okay, and it turned out to be a salsa song, something that I haven't danced in ages. And of course, I was quite nervous and being rusty for like, I don't know, two months. <laughs> but it turned out to be such a nice dance. I was worried that he would maybe like turn me and spin me to oblivion, but thank God he didn't. And he kind of like changed the dance to a little bit of merengue some, somewhere in the dance. I don't know how, but it was one of the most fun dances. And of course, the person is really, really friendly and he's smiling all the time. And it was like as if we were having a conversation with each other on the dance floor, but without talking. So he gave me a chance to kind of express myself. At the same time, he does the same. And yeah, it was just great. It was amazing. He made you feel really comfortable, right? Yeah, it was really comfortable, especially as a follow, because it's easy to feel like um, scared, especially losing your balance, doing many, many spins and turns for salsa, or even sometimes in bachata or in general. So I think what is most important is that the lead makes you feel safe and comfortable. And then he keeps the dance really fun. I mean, it's both ways, too. Yeah, yeah. That's really nice. So some, one thing that I love the most about uh, good dances is when um, both the lead and the follow start to kind of play with the music in a different way and in a different rhythm so that it's not always just a basic step of one, two, three, five, six, seven, or, yeah. you know. But that it yeah. kind of just goes, and goes funky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can kind of, like... Uh, just enjoy yourself like really it's like not really set in like the mold of the one two three five six seven type thing yeah that's true so you you teach dance as well right and yeah. uh, I know I know you're quite close friends with a lot of dancers do you feel like dance has 
changed people's lives? Mm. Yeah, I think so. Dance has definitely helped some of my friends make even more friends. And it has definitely added some happiness into their lives. Especially social dancing, because it would be something to look forward to at the mm-hmm. end of the day or at the end of the week. And it's also a healthy, I think, if, I don't know, it's a <laughs> subjective if you're drinking a lot. But um, it is also, I think it's pretty a pretty healthy activity to do like with friends to get out there and dance, enjoy yourself, make more friends, um, spend time with your other friends and things like that. Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately, we don't have it now. So that's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is very sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we have to do what we have to do, right? Yeah. So did dance change your life? in uh, any specific ways? I I would say yes, dance did change my life in a way that I never expected because I was never a dancer to begin with. I never had the guts to go out into a room and ask somebody to dance or say yes to somebody who um, asked me for a dance, let alone go on stage and dance. So... I think it has helped bring me to places that I never thought I would go. And now being a teacher, it's just like a little bit surreal. But I I definitely owe it all to uh, my partner, Sean, who gave me the opportunity to teach with him. So I'm also learning at the same time. Yeah, we always are, aren't we? That's, that's really nice to hear. Um, so when you talk about that you didn't have the guts to go out on stage or to ask someone to dance, I find that having like courage and the guts to do stuff in life so important. So how did you get to a place now where you feel comfortable or I don't know, do you feel comfortable on stage now and asking someone to dance? And if yes, yes. how did you yeah, how did you get to that point? I think being on stage has been something that I have done with my music. And I would like to say that um it's easily translatable to dance. But actually, it's not <laughs> because okay. it's a different brain. I would, I would say it's a different brain that I use when I'm dancing. How did I do that? I think it's for dancing on stage. Someone told me this really brilliant advice. Just look at the exit sign. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that's what helped me the first few times. And then I got more comfortable and I had to tell myself like there was a lot of self-talk involved needing to like reframe my thoughts and being on stage for dance is just like sharing sharing your art to people who are watching so that's why that's what I tell myself so that I don't get scared like there's nothing to be afraid of and to make the most out of uh, being on stage whereas like asking someone to dance is also quite scary at first but once that barrier is broken that it it gets easier by a lot yeah that's true that's true so what do you think stops us from asking someone to dance especially as women right I feel like women have a harder time Mm. asking men because it also feels like oh it's the men who should be asking us right yeah but look if we wait for the men to ask us we might be waiting the whole night (laughs) True. Yeah. 
I can be a bit impatient. <laughs> so I think it is quite scary sometimes. Of course, there will be rejection, but we we shouldn't take it to heart. I mean, like, of course, sometimes you get people who need a break or didn't want to dance at the time. So we just ask the next person, I guess. I mean, that's how social dancing works. It's a social thing. True. And every single dance that you have, no matter how good or bad, is going to make you a better dancer, right? Yeah, we learn things all the time. Yeah, true. You mentioned that teaching kind of brought you to a new level. Could you elaborate a little bit on what you meant with that? Teaching dance? Mm-hmm. Or you also teaching music? Oh, yeah. Yeah, teaching music. Teaching music has definitely helped me when I'm teaching dance. Of course, uh, I've gone through hell and back, <laughs> learning music with many different teachers. And from good and bad experiences, I take something out of there, of course, to learn and to be the teacher that I want to be. Uh, so for that, my biggest thing as a teacher is to help my students problem solve. So whenever they're stuck with something or don't understand something, like my, I think it's the teacher's job to help them solve their issue. So that is a big part of teaching for me, I think, other than, of course, inspiring your students. So for dance, I say it brings me to a new level because I have to think as both the student and the teacher, which is newer to me than when it comes to music. And also understanding how our bodies move. Mm-hmm. because dance is a physical board so it's not music where I just uh, press this or hold it like that or play it this way and sit this way but uh, for dance it's like oh you need to isolate your ribs to your to the left side or like do a clockwise movement or whatever I, and actually I think there's a lot more demonstrating when it comes to dance teaching, of course, than explaining. Yeah, true. I think ballet is the only dance style where you can get by as a teacher with only words. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Ballet so is beautiful. It, it is. It is. Uh, you said that as a teacher, yeah, you want to help your students problem solve, but also, of course, you want to inspire them. So, Ashley, how do you inspire your students? I think for dance, I would definitely ask them to keep watching YouTube videos and sharing with me anytime what they see that is inspiring and teaching them moves that they find interesting and also always um, encouraging them to keep going out for social dancing, keep getting out there and dance, even if you're scared or even if you don't think you're good enough, people always think that anyways. I mean, we also, we always start from somewhere. So I think everyone should be accept, accepting of that fact that, like, you know, there will always be beginners and we, are, we all have been beginners before. So that's what uh, Sean and I tell our students to, to always go out for socials. And we invite them every time we go out so they don't feel so lonely or scared or they, things like that. Uh, for my music, I also do the same thing. Like I try to break out of the classical mold because sometimes it gets too monotonous and boring. So we maybe play some jazz and things like that to make things nicer or like more fun. Mm-hmm. Nice. And do the children, how do they respond to that? Well, 
because they take it like a treat to learn a pop song or something that's not their exam pieces or like scales. Uh, because personally, I have been one of those students who hate classical stuff, although I did study classical stuff. I'm actually more of a jazz person than anything else, but I happen to have a scholarship and my background is in classical stuff, so that's what it is. But I like being able to dive into both. So I know how to keep things interesting and it helps me relate to my students when they are feeling like bored or not so motivated. Oh, wow, that's interesting. I didn't know that. But you got a scholarship <laughs> too. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was a very scary experience um, in auditioning for a music school abroad. So I was told it was a jazz scholarship. But when I got it, it was like, oh, it's for classical, the classical department. I'm like, mm, OK, that's great. <laughs> I'll take it anyway. <laughs> okay, and do you feel, like, looking back now, do you feel like you are happy with um, having taken the classical path? Yes, yes, I am happy because I got to play with the orchestra and definitely learn a lot of techniques that I never have, would have learned back here. Of course, I would still, like, be pining to, you know, like, be in the jazz stream <laughs> instead, but... I have made many jazz friends and I have had the opportunity to perform with them during their jam sessions at bars and things. So that was pretty fun. A lot of fun. Nice. And um, where do you want to go from here with your music and your dance? Like, where do you see all of this heading? For dance, I still have the same goals with my partner, Sean. I want to compete in several countries to definitely social dance and continue learning, taking workshops from other artists and people from overseas to see what's out there and to continuously grow, uh, well, for our partnership to grow as well. And for my music, I mean, I have the, I'm happy teaching. I think I'll never stop teaching because I feel so natural to do that, especially watching my mom teach my whole life, really. So teaching definitely comes as second nature to me. Although I could audition for the Malaysian Philharmonic Orchestra. Haven't done that yet because there's no vacancy, so that's okay. <laughs> right. Would you audition playing the violin, though, or playing the piano? Uh, definitely the violin. Okay. Is there one of the two that you prefer, or are they the same to you? Like, the thing I said earlier, they come in seasons, because sometimes I get frustrated with one, and I'll go to the other one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, right now, I think I'm most comfortable with the violin. It's more personal, because it, it's your instrument, and you picked it out, and you know what it sounds like. True, I can imagine that, yeah. It's interesting. So basically, you have three instruments. You have your violin your piano and your body as a dancer oh yeah that's true i never thought about that that's really cool that is awesome <laughs> so ashley just to round it off if there's one piece of advice that you could give to young artists um either young artists who may be deciding like should i go into the art should i decide to really study this or just artists who started out what would you tell them i would say just do it i know that's so cliche but if I didn't go into dancing or like if I had so many hesitations I don't think I would be able like it would be sad to think that I wouldn't be and able to enjoy whatever that I have right now because dancing is not a thing in my family 
everything is music and my mom's a tiger mom so uh, I don't think dancing will land very well with her so the first time she heard about my dancing was when I invited her to my first competition and she got a bit of a shock <laughs> and wow. yeah she was like oh wow this is real because I think she saw me buy my dance shoe. She was like, oh, what's that? I said, oh, it's my dance shoe. She's like, oh, I didn't know you're going for dance. I said, oh, yeah. And maybe a couple months down the road, I invited her. I said, hey, I'm having a competition. Um, this, these are your tickets. Then she's like, oh, okay. So she finally came and um, experienced the whole thing. And she was just like kind of like mind blown. But she's definitely supportive of me which I'm very very thankful and grateful for especially now that when I first moved back from Singapore last year dance has actually supported me the first two months coming back here so I do owe a big thanks to um, Talent Hub and Sean because um, music takes a while to grow well, getting students and things like that. So going back to your question, I think if it's something you love and you have so much passion for, just go for it. Like, don't hesitate. I mean, definitely it comes with um, consequences and it's a risk. But if it's something you really, really love, I think it should be worth it. Yeah, those are words well spoken. I I really feel you there. I, I feel absolutely the same. I would not ever want to trade what I have now for mm. an office job or for something else. Yeah. I didn't have the guts to do it. Yeah, that's right. Especially if like we are in a community where um, arts is not so appreciated or like when parents are like, oh, um, are you not going to be a doctor or a lawyer or something it's like no I'm gonna be a piano teacher but thankfully my mom's a piano teacher <laughs> so <laughs> for me that would be the equivalent it's like oh I'm gonna be a dance teacher she's like she will be like what won't you grow old and then um not be able to dance like your body won't won't be like able to dance when you're older but you still can play the piano I'll be like mm, okay how about both <laughs> yeah I was just gonna say well luckily you know both yeah <laughs> all right thank you so much Ashley this was really thank nice you. thank uh, you so much for thinking of me yeah you're welcome I mean how could I not you're you're a beautiful dancer I haven't heard you play any instruments so I hope that I get invited to a show or something soon <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <in> <laughs> yes definitely <laughs> All right. And with that, I would just like to say to Ashley, goodbye. And to everyone listening, thank you so much for being here with us today. If you have any friends who you feel, yep, they love this episode, please do share with them. And remember, the next episode is coming out next week, Tuesday. And with that, I'd like to say goodbye and have a wonderful day. From artists for artists. Ta-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-